Hello and welcome. I'm Alexander. I'm Simon. And I'm Tony. Oh dear. We're three. There are three of us. There should have been only two. There's a disturbance in the force. <laughs> well, it's actually a Finnish disturbance in the force, which is by far even worse. Well, we are still very much knee-deep in tech, and today is the 23rd of April, 2019. Yep. And we have a lot to cover. Definitely, but we'll start by covering Tony. Let's start by covering Tony with a blanket. You are allowed to laugh, you know that. <laughs> uh, so, this, is th- this is the first time we officially are all three of Knee Deep in Tech yes. since Tony joined two months ago. Something Was like it that. two months ago? I think it's two wow, months ago. Time flies. Yeah, it does. Um, yeah, I know it was a little while ago, but two months already? Yeah, two months and like 60 blog posts from Tony. <laughs> yeah, because um, he is completely unable to do things in moderation. Well, I got off to a running start, okay? <laughs> you did, you did. So, uh, Tony, introduce yourself. Who are you, what do you do, and what parts of, especially Microsoft technology, will you be adding to our little, I was about to say something really inappropriate, but to our group? Trio is the word you're looking for. Thank no- you. <laughs> no- nothing else, trio. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I've been working with uh, Windows uh, server infrastructure pretty much for the last 20 years or so. Uh, been doing pretty much everything on Windows. And for the last, I'd say about 10 years, I've been trying to focus a lot more on Active Directory and identity and everything related to that. And uh, of course, uh, Azure Active Directory as well, <clears throat> since it's been, been very much on the rise here in the Nordics for the last decade, maybe. Yeah, sort of, kind of. But I think I've pretty much the last five years I have personally noticed the rise of requests and, uh, requests and questions about Azure and what it can do to help our customers. Um, so lots of those kinds of stuff, mostly, I'd say. Uh, so Windows infrastructure, Windows Azure uh, as a platform, no, sorry, infrastructure as a service, yeah. uh, mostly. So hybrid cloud and identity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's about it. Great. We, we're super thankful for you that you joined us. Uh, and I know that you will be a great uh, addition to uh, our knowledge. Definitely, because yeah. between us, we cover a e- lot. Everything except dynamics. <clears throat> Yeah, pretty much, except Dynamics. And, well, we we could get stronger in the Office 365 domain. Yeah. Uh, but that's, on the other hand, that's a long-term goal. Yeah, so absolutely. Speak. Yeah, the collaboration stuff. Yeah. Yep. You're yeah. yeah, absolutely. Because nobody in their right minds want to do Skype. Yeah, no. or, or client, pretty much. But, yeah, we have Simon here, so <laughs> he takes care of that. Yeah, well, that stuff. he said in the right mind. Exactly. So we're covered there. Right. Um Speaking of right mind, I have a very, very weird story to tell. Yeah. So a couple of weeks back, or actually a couple of months back, uh, William from Germany reached out and said, uh, there is something wrong with your recording. And I don't like to hear that. So I, I um, decided to go and, and see what, what it actually was. And it turns out that there was some very weird kind of disturbance yeah, over... Yeah something you really needed to listen for it in the podcast in yes. the podcast okay. in the podcast and i tracked it down to the podcasts that i had recorded back home 
and the plot thickens. Echo? No, no, no echoes. Better than that. Better than that. My first thought was, hmm, I am picking up my, uh, neighbor's. my neighbor's TV set. Unfortunately, my neighbors weren't home. So it was not the TV set. But I very vividly heard some presenter voice. And then came the commercials. <laughs> and I started thinking, what on earth is going on? So I decided to, to call my father, who's been spent the last 30-ish years working with radio and radar, and ask him, do you have any idea what's going on? He started with no, then he started laughing. And he said, look out your window. And I did. And what do I see? Well, my apartment is maybe 400 meters from the water tower of Linköping, which is situated, as most water towers are, on the highest point of the city. What do you also put on the highest point of a city? Radio a antennas. A huge ass yes. radio antenna and the most powerful transmitter in the city, 400 <laughs> meters away from me. So it turns out that my uh, XLR, uh, XLR cabling worked as an antenna, <laughs> which... Uh, after Alexander had told me about this, we did a new recording where Alexander was at home, I was at home, and after a while, I could actually hear the radio presenting voice, the music, the commercials in his recording Yep. while we were speaking. <laughs> but um, again, th since my father knows radio, he, he told me how to get rid of this, and that was putting uh, ferrules around the cables in, in specific instances. Not ferrets. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no ferrets. No ferrets. No ferrets were harmed during this. In making of this podcast. <laughs> no. So, yeah, that, that was that was quite an interesting find. And um, I was not expecting that. No, I was. I actually told my wife about this yesterday. And her first thought were, so do you have to pay royalties to the radio channel? Which, which oh, you that, the up? answer to that is hell no. <laughs> Absolutely not. <clears throat> so something everyone should be aware of when making any kind of audio recordings close to a water tower with a huge antenna, use ferrets. Use ferrets. No, use ferrules. Ah. Quite a difference. Definitely. Anyway. <laughs> Moving on. Yes. So I think that Tony should be next up mm -hmm. with some news from uh, hybrid infrastructure. Sure. Uh, I think that there was a pretty interesting re release, actually. Uh, I think it was about, what is it now, the 23rd, so about three weeks ago. Yep. Uh, Windows Admin Center 1903. Uh, and and for the people who doesn't know what Windows Admin Center is, because everyone should know about it. But Yeah, by now I think pretty much everyone should know about it. Yeah. There used to be a code name, right? Uh, yeah, Project Honolulu was the initial um, yeah. code name for so it. So what is it and how do you use it before you tell us about the news? Well, Microsoft has been fighting with this um, uh, management tools uh, history for many, many years now. So uh, if we go back like a decade or so, people usually just logged into every server box. They would need to do something on. So use RDP, just open a remote session and do what you need to and then log off and you're fine. So then Microsoft released the remote server administration tools and recommended everyone to just install a management box instead and then put the remote management tools on that box. Yeah. So then that was the way to go and therefore you got, you know, server core released and uh, uh, similar things just to try to 
keep the attack surface as small as possible, yep. make installations fast and easy, and then just use the management tools to configure the box up. Uh, so that went on for a few years, and then Microsoft ultimately thought that they would try to gather all these tools in one place. And that is pretty much where <clears throat> the Project Honolulu was born, about, what is it now? It's not even two years, it's one and a half, one and a half a years ago it was released as uh, a tech preview. <clears throat> and then a year later it got generally available uh, at last year's Ignite, 2018 being that year. And I've been pretty much using it since the first preview was available and it was looking pretty good from the get-go. Yeah. But they have done a lot of work on it uh, since the first release and pretty much every uh, major public release has been major a giant leap forward yep. uh, between every single version of it and now they are really getting a big step forward with the release of uh, 1903 or is it actually 1904 I think is the yep, release yep. number yeah that's right just to keep things simple yeah. wait until we get into windows <laughs> yep I can imagine those discussions will be pretty intense uh, 1904 is the actual release yeah that's right um, so here we have built-in extensions even for Active Directory, DNS, and DHCP, uh, which were the things that were, I think, the top five requested features on user voice. Yep. Um, so those all got implemented. Uh, it's not a full replacement for the remote uh, server administration tools, but it's a very good start. You can do the basic administration things within Admin Center now, using those uh, three tools as well. And I know there are a few more in development, and I also know that third-party uh, developers are actually making their tools available in Admin Center as well, being, for example, like Data On, so you can remotely manage your uh, rack servers and oh. things like that as well. Cool. I know Lenovo has stuff coming up. Uh, I think there are some in preview already. And also they have been integrating, you know, the Azure hybrid features in Admin Center as well. So uh, instead of you deploying these uh, functions, like first you do some configuration on-prem, then you do some configuration in the cloud, then you go back on-prem, and then you link them up. In, Azure, in Windows Admin Center, it's pretty much like a guide. So you click one, two, three steps, give your authentication, and that's it. Admin Center does everything for you. So it makes these Azure hybrid features very easily available for everyone. So it's a lot easier to configure these things. Yep. And they have added a bunch more in 1904, uh, which were not available previously. So for instance, you know, Azure Backup was very, yep. very easy to configure before. Uh, you also had the site recovery features and functions were available in Admin Center before. But now you have like the file sync features, you can manage Azure VNets to an extent, uh, you have uh, Azure monitoring available, and you can also do Azure update management. Everything yep. straight from the admin center console. And it is actually a web-based console, so you install it in a gateway server on your network, which is just pretty much a web, ser web server, uh, and then you just connect to it with a web browser. Yep. So multiple admins can do stuff together. And also a major new thing, which I think many has requested, which is available in 1904, is that you can have shared connections. Ooh. So this pretty much means that uh, previously uh, every admin that logged into this with their own account had to create their own server list that they connect to. Yep. 
But uh, 1904 and going forward, you can also uh, set up shared connections, which are available between user sessions. Oh, that's useful. Yeah, that's very useful. Yeah. And you can also uh, get your server list straight from Active Directory mm. because they now have the Active Directory extension. Yeah. So you don't know. You no longer have to like manually enter your servers in the list or use like an import feature. You can just search the server in Active Directory and connect to it straight away. So lots of new stuff going on in 1904, and hopefully I can. Also do a little write-up, uh, like summary of the best features uh, for the uh, blog as well. Yeah. Going forward. And that's, um, so I've used Windows Admin Center as a good demo site as well for application proxy, Azure application proxy. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, which is super useful, where you can then get secure access uh, with uh, mobile application or app protection policies, conditional access, everything, and manage your internal and hybrid resources from anywhere. Yeah, sure. So that's uh, actually a very useful um, way to use Azure AD Application Proxy and all the other goodies of both Intune and uh, Azure Active Directory. Yeah, absolutely. And also, I I like the way how it's very responsive when using it. Uh, So I don't know if you have any feedback on that. No, because I'd say it's absolutely faster than even the remote administration tools. But that, that's not really hard to be faster than an MMC console. No, but I mean, some of those consoles are horribly slow. Like, yep. try to connect to a remote machine using Event Viewer. That's just yep. they're terrible. Yep. Uh, but using Admin Center, that's actually pretty responsive yep. and pretty fast. Yeah. So, so what what would you say? How well does it? So, which operating system does Windows Admin Center support first and foremost? And do you see any difference in performance between them? Uh, are you do you, which, do you, which do kind you mean of servers can you, you connect to? Okay, so you install this on 2016 or newer yeah. uh, is the installation. Uh, and what servers can you manage? Yeah, the management goes all the way back to 2008 R2. Oh. But uh, if you want to go that far back as 2008 R2, you get only a limited set of features. Yep. And yep. I, have, I haven't actually tried that myself, uh, meaning which, which features are actually available. Yeah. But I can pretty much guess which ones it is. It's pretty much all the VNRM stuff will work and everything else won't. It's yep. just my guess. Yep. Because I know 2008 R2 had very much like RPC still using used for everything. Yep. Great. What's new in Power BI? Well, actually not much. What? Really? No, because we are now <laughs> in between two... Two weeks. Uh, two, yeah, <laughs> uh, two, two, uh, two months. But what has been released, and this, this, is, this is kind of huge, actually, that's the email subscriptions for paginated reports. And paginated reports, as I've said a few times, is the ability to run reporting services, uh, yep. static reports in, in, um, in Power BI. And email subscription is something that we had in SQL Server reporting services for, for a long time. But we can now have email subscriptions in Power BI. So you can schedule an email subscription with a PDF attachment of your full paginated report in the Power BI service. And this means that you can now, again, get your reports off the press, straight off the press to your stakeholders' inboxes. Hmm. So it's, it's very useful. Does Power BI support email subscriptions for reports, the regular Power BI reports? So mm-hmm. say that, yes, yeah, so, so 
now this report has been updated with new data since yes and then you get a link to see the live yes yep so this is for only the static reports that yeah the would... paginated report yeah yep. correct true but it's still useful because some people prefer to read them in that way it can also be that you don't want to require someone to log on to see them and uh, i guess you definitely could automate a lot with this you could and the most important thing i think is that we are moving towards feature parity with sql server reporting services and just as power bi is going to be a superset of sql server analysis services it is going to be a superset of sql server reporting services as well yeah and that's I think it's important, just just like Tony said with uh, Project Honolulu and, and whatever it's called, admin center thingy, it's all about unifying your tool set. Because yeah. Microsoft's been at this for quite a while and has a wide range of tools. But moving towards this, a specific smaller set of tools, doing pretty much everything is, is probably the way to go. So, yeah. Um, I forgot to mention, uh, how much does Windows Admin Center actually cost? As it, much as Power BI. It is included in the Windows license. Oh, it doesn't really? cost a penny. So I can't understand why people haven't still tried to use this and do just a demo install, a proof of concept install. You can do that on your personal Windows 10 device just to try it out. Yeah. That's a top tip right there. Try out Windows Admin Center. Definitely. So oh, it's free, guy. so why yeah, not? Exactly. <laughs> Uh, another thing, and, and I would love both of your views on this. So email is, as we know, the old thing. And the new thing should be Microsoft Teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, first and foremost, you can embed Power BI inside of a Microsoft Team. Correct. Would that require a premium license? A premium license, no? A pro then. Yes. Yeah, a pro license. So you can't add Power BI in Microsoft Teams without a pro or premium license. It's easier than that. If you want to share or consume share content, yep. then you need a license. Which would mean a team, if you're not alone in your team. Unless you're alone in your team, correct. <laughs> because that's something that Microsoft shows up shows off quite regularly, and you are not blocked from adding Power BI to a team. I can add Power BI to any team, and I don't only have a free license. And you that would mean that you wouldn't be compliant from a licensing perspective. Uh, it shouldn't. Very few licensing compliance issues with Power BI, it, it simply shouldn't work. They they have not tried to make it difficult. And I'll, I'll be honest, I haven't looked into... We, we need to try that. Yes, because I, I haven't I, looked I, into to, um, Power BI and, and Teams deep enough yep. but this is something that comes up quite a lot yep. and while it's a good reason for me to learn a bit um, lot more yep. more about teams because i would say I, I don't know how the the support for for that would be in teams but if you could get a notification in a team that this report has been updated mm-hmm. that would also be useful sure so that's something we need to look into yes yeah we should do this and uh, speaking of things that does not work quite as well as they should, <laughs> um, and uh, what th- there's something called the demo, uh, the demo devil. Yeah, that means as soon as you try to demo something, it breaks down. Yeah, and in this case, it's actually worse than that. Oh, so 
one of the things that I'm doing at Ignite, the tour in Stockholm tomorrow, uh, actually the, the tour starts tomorrow and I'm, I'm on stage on Thursday, is that I will be channeling my inner Christian Wade. <laughs> Christian Wade is one of the PMs for uh, Power BI, and he, he does incremental refresh, he does aggregations. He's the guy that um, coined the, the term clicky-clicky, draggy-droppy uh, analytics. And That's a very good way to describe it. Yeah, is, I like is that, that the same guy who mentioned like walkie-talkie? Clicky, clicky, draggy, draggy. <laughs> yep, that's the guy. Okay. And but he's not the wasabi hot mustard sauce. No, that's Patrick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Patrick. Yeah. Hot as wasabi mustard sauce. Anyway, <laughs> so I am going to uh, channel Christian because Christian is the guy that's been doing this specific session everywhere except for the different Ignite. So you tools. will be powered by Christian. I will be powered by Christian Wade. I need a new sticker. Anyway, <laughs> one of the things that he demos during this session is the XML endpoints. Yep. And I've talked about these before. The ability to third-party connect to a Power BI data model. Right? Yep. However, XML endpoints is indeed a preview feature. And it's not only a preview feature, it is a broken preview feature at this moment. <laughs> so XML endpoints doesn't work. To right any endpoint? No. Oh, XML endpoints does not work, period. This is a known issue, and it is hopefully uh, uh, set to be fixed by the 28th. Yeah. So oh. we're, we're getting there. Yep. So I'm not going to demo XML endpoints. I'm going to talk about XML yep. endpoints. <laughs> but I, I would say that in, in a way, it's good that preview features fail, because I've you can say whatever you want about Windows, but if you look at a lot of preview features like Admin Center used to be, they was working just fine. Many of the preview features we are trying out works. Yeah, and I have an issue with that. Yeah, exactly. They, they shouldn't work as good as they do. Yes, and <laughs> as they do work very well, yep. it makes people complacent. Yeah. Uh, there was one interesting thing regarding the admin center previews and also the general availability version, actually. Uh, so I had an installation issue. I couldn't make an upgrade from a previous 1809 version to the latest one. Yep. So what do you do? Well, I just commented on the blog post uh, where they announced the version and told them that uh, I can't install this. It's, it, the installation fails at this point and that yep. blah, blah, blah. And then there was a guy called Jeff Bullslayer. Yeah. Uh, who just uh, answered back and said, oh, we, uh, could you just please send in the logs for uh, when the installation fails? Which I did. And then it took like, I don't know, maybe a week or something. Then they already posted the answer that this resolves your issue. Oh, cool. And indeed it did. Cool. So that's also a very fast way to just get your issue solved. Yep. Be cool. involved in the community. Exactly. exactly. Yes. Always. And another small quickie. Quicky, quicky, clicky, clicky. Quicky, quicky, clicky, clicky. That's horrible, Simon. We now have Apache Hadoop 3.0 on Azure HD Insight. And HD Insight is the managed Hadoop installation in Azure. And I think, I'm not sure, but I think this might actually be the first managed version 3 uh, in the wild. Ooh. So, cool. Yeah. There are a bunch of new features. Um, 
which I will not go into detail on because I will bore you to tears. But it's it's there. So this may also be a stupid question, and I, yes. I would like to speak something a bit about my part of the world later on. Uh, but I need to open this up and show how little I know. Is Hadoop still a thing? Absolutely. Because, uh, like, when Hadoop was released, that was the answer to everything. Just put in your data, give the elephant the data, and the elephant will bring back the answer. Sure. It's... Is Hadoop still such a huge thing? Because Hadoop is one technology, right? Uh, or keep, keep going. Yeah. So, so and uh, we we need to tag Mary Jo Foley in this later on. But previously, Hadoop was everything when it came to big data. Mm-hmm. Is Hadoop still the best way to manage huge amount of data? And are there any options why is this release you're talking about so so large is it special in terms of the underlying technology uh do do you know where do you understand what i'm getting to yeah a lot of questions but (laughs) what do you think is underneath azure data lake that is hadoop storage ah and so the 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 answer to the question is this still the way to store stuff absolutely and when it comes to processing big data, you have a lot of other things, such as Spark. Yeah. And you might not know much about Spark, but you've heard Databricks. Yeah. And Databricks is, ta-da, a managed Spark on Azure. Yeah. So it all kinds of, of builds on this foundation of Hadoop stuff. Yes. Yeah, so, so it's more about that Hadoop as a name and a technology now is something that we... We, we don't talk about it anymore since it's so common and it's so it's such a foundation for so many other things. Oh, I think we still talk about it. Yep. And you, you can run Hadoop in different ways. You can run Hadoop you can, on Linux. You can run HD Insight, which is Hadoop on Windows. Yep. You can use Azure Data Lake or any of the gazillion implementations, versions, variants, and, and flavors of Hadoop as yep. you see fit. But it's it's definitely still at the forefront of big data, yep. both storage and processing. Great. So what's going on in your world? You have a couple of minutes. Uh, quite a lot, I would say. Uh, since we usually record our podcast just before they release every the release notes of this week's Intune uh, news. <laughs> so we're always one week behind. Yeah. But this time we're actually only one day behind. Oh, my. Uh, because we can now... Use Compliance Manager to create assessments for Microsoft Intune. So Compliance Manager is a way to see if you are compliant from a number of regulations perspectives in Office 365 and Microsoft 365. And that's now been extended uh, to Intune for Federal Financial Institution Examination Council, FFIEC, and of course our beloved GDPR. Oh, really? So you can get... uh, insights into how gdpr compliant your in this case intune environment is and get a list of actions you need to take to be compliant could, could or, i ask a stupid question what would make it uh, an intune installation gdpr uncompliant that's a very good question which i'll get back to in the next episode <laughs> okay fair enough uh but but it, it probably it can be things like 
inventory. If you if you're inventorying the wrong data, so to yeah. speak, could be could be. Okay. I need to look into the actual list. Yeah, cool. Um, but you get in this case for GDPR, you have sixty six customer managed actions that you need to take. Sixty six. Sixty six. Order sixty six. Exactly. Anybody who knows Star Wars knows exactly what Order sixty six was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and last week's news, one of the really really big announcements from last week were that we now have win32 app dependencies so you can now put a dependency on a win32 app when installed through intune which we have been able to do in config manager for years it's been hugely valuable we can now do that with intune so if we require something prior to a specific windows app installing we can now put that as a dependency and uh, that dependent that must be installed before the Win32 app can be installed. Wow, that yep. is basic, but very useful. Yep. And we can now also add additional requirement rules that could help in that dependency. So we can require a certain file type registry or script to ensure that the environment looks as it's supposed to be looking. Okay. Um. We also have a bunch of new features for Android management, which uh, is really useful. I think that actually Android is now, I would say that I get way more questions in regards to Android management currently than iOS. I think we'll be seeing a switch there since Android now is in many ways so much easier to manage and way easier to foresee. Uh, because one of the other things I would like to mention is that we will see changes to the MDM enrollment workflow in iOS 12. I read about that. Yeah. Could you very quickly cover that before we go? Yeah. So basically, we will. So the user now will be required to manually install a management profile where the user will be forced to change between apps manually and manually go to the settings app and install that profile. So it it includes like three or four additional manual steps that a user needs to take before the device is enrolled. Why? No clue. And it could be that this is one of the ways that Apple wants to clearly state that if an iOS device should be managed inside of a, any kind of environment, organizational environment, you should use device enrollment program, DEP. And therefore, that actual setup is much easier. But if you do a manual enrollment, as you would in this case, so for a bring-your-own device or a device that you can't mm-hmm. use DEP on or an already existing device in your environment, then it, I guess Apple wants to make it clear that this is something that you shouldn't be forced to do with a personal device. And I think that that's, that's something I say in my sessions as well, that Apple still, in my opinion clearly is consumer first yes and they want to be consumer first and i i would actually take that statement and 
drag it slightly further. It's not so much consumer first as individual first. Yep. And that has always been Apple in a nutshell, yep. individual. But but I think this will hit hard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because it, it's not easy currently to manually enroll. And, and this is the same for any MDM. This is not only Intune. This is all MDMs. Airwatch, whatever. Airwatch, Mobile Iron Good, whatever you want to enroll after the actual setup of the device will be affected by this. And it puts puts everything on the user. So we'll now have to make even bigger installations in, or enrollment instructions for the users to follow. So and, and this will also, this it's actually a timer involved in this as well. So you will get a notification where you're supposed to do that um, configuration. But if it takes more than 15 minutes to complete the enrollment, usually you will, would do this in one flow, but for any reason, if you fail to do this new manual step, um, so I, I'll actually read when in device settings users should see an install download profile blade with a red circle badge they have 8 minutes to install the profile or they will be they will stop seeing the badge experience in our testing after about 15 minutes the profile is removed from the device and enrollment must be restarted so they will have 8 minutes when they have a notification and they will have seven additional minutes to install the profile. And if they fail to do that, they will have to start from the beginning. And on that definite bombshell, it is... I have one little little we second more thing. Yes. <laughs> I just uh, thought about that. And we have forgot to mention Windows 10 version 1903 and also Windows Server 1903 was actually released last Friday. So it is available for download now. Yeah. Oh. And it's called actually the May update. So go figure. Yeah, so it's 1903, released in April, and called May Update. That's correct. And on that, that bombshell, bombshell <laughs> it is time to end the show. Thank you very much for listening, and we will see you next week. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.